You are listening to episode 63 of the Body You Crave podcast, the one where we talk about how to let go of the leftovers, part two. I'm master life and weight loss coach Jillian Lama, and you're listening to the Body You Crave podcast, where you'll learn how to end emotional eating, lose excess weight, and feel amazing in your body. No cheating required. Keep listening, and I'll show you how. Hey, hey, welcome back. We are going to pick up from last week's episode about letting go of the leftovers. If you missed it, make sure you go back and listen to part one, because this is where I dive deeper into like main areas where we tend to give to others and we give of our time, our energy, money, food. This comes up in a variety of different areas, but we can give to others and then we don't give to ourselves. We don't carve out specifics for us to be able to hit our own goals. And then I also talk a little bit about why. Why do we give other people first dibs on these things? And a lot of times that can stem from ideas, beliefs, thoughts around it's the right thing to do. It's what it means to be a good mom or a good dad. It's seen as virtuous. We moralize ourselves based off of how much we prioritize other people or how much we're doing for others, rather than also looking at how we can do for ourselves. We also have a lot of thoughts about what it means to put ourselves first at times, thoughts around what it means to be selfish or greedy. And a lot of times these are just beliefs and ideas that we've, number one, have adopted from other people, and number two, that we adopted from a very young age. And so if you think about it, when we're five, six, seven years old, we're downloading everything around us and we're just trying to make sense of the world. We're learning things like, this is good, this is bad, this is right, this is wrong. This is what it means to be loved to be accepted, to be praised, we're starting to connect the dots. And even though we are connecting the dots in a lot of positive ways, we also do not have a fully developed brain. We don't have a lot of experience. And so we create these beliefs and then they run with us for our entire lives. We continuously find evidence to prove that thought true. And there's a lot of brain science out there now that shows how this is true, that what we focus on is what we're going to see more of, that our brain is always looking and scanning for how that is true. Okay, not a problem, but we just want to start to question and challenge some of these ideas. So knowing what areas where we are giving ourselves the leftovers and still holding ourselves to these goals, to these high standards in terms of results, but the input isn't there to get the output. So we get frustrated with ourselves because we don't have the output, but we aren't using the right input. It's like if you were to make a cake and it called for four cups of flour and all you had was one cup of flour, of course your cake is going to turn out pretty funky because you don't have the right input. (laughs) That's what this comes down to is just recognizing where we don't have the right ingredients to be able to fully achieve these goals and why this happens. The overarching theme is that it's because we're giving ourselves the leftovers. It's by saying, I have this cake to make, but these other people have these other things to make, so I'm going to give all this flour over here, and then whatever flour is left over, that's what I'm going to use for my cake, and then I get pissed off because my cake doesn't turn out right. Ah, because you gave all the flour to other people, (laughs) okay? So it's all about bringing in some awareness. And that's really what I want to talk about today is like, where do we go from here? What do we do about this? Now that we can start to recognize this and start to see the patterns and where this might be coming up, now we can start to look at where do we go from here? So the first place is always going to be awareness because with awareness, we can start to spot it and see it. 
it doesn't mean that this is never going to come up again. There are still times when I want to eat food off of Caleb's plate when I want to eat his leftovers, okay? Sometimes it's because it looks good, right? Like sometimes it's his yogurt that he doesn't eat and I'm thinking, oh yeah, I like this yogurt. This is delicious. I want his leftovers. And I really just have to question, okay, am I hungry? Sometimes it's sitting there and there's probably subtle thoughts around like, I want to waste it. He might not eat it later. So knowing that's what's normal and it's going to keep coming up, I don't have to be angry at myself if I eat the leftovers. I don't have to be angry at myself for thinking about that. We just bring that awareness because awareness is always the first step. So we start with the awareness and that's going to lead us into understanding. So we want to start to look at where some of these thoughts and beliefs came from, because we can look at where we're giving ourselves the leftovers and think we just need to change that. But if we have some deep-rooted thoughts underneath about what it means to be a good parent or a good spouse, what you should be doing, or how you should be prioritizing other people ahead of you, it's going to feel very hard to not do those things. So we really want to bring some understanding and awareness to why we think what we think, because that's really what's fueling the action. All of the giving to other people first, all of the withholding of time, money, energy, things for yourself, those are all actions. So it's always going to stem from a thought and a feeling. And sometimes it's going to stem from wanting to avoid feeling guilty, greedy, selfish, and delegating those emotions out to other people and making other people responsible for how we feel or other people get more say in how we think and feel about ourselves. So that's what we want to start to understand. That's always going to be the first step is to look at, okay, what are these common thought patterns? So if you go back and you listen, really looking at, okay, where do I feel like I need to do this in order to be a good mom? Where am I doing this? Because I don't want to waste the money. And so I'm not willing to throw away this food. Or where do I feel like I don't have the right to carve out time for myself each day? Where is that not okay? Where did I learn that? What was the first time? What was the first memory that I have of that? And challenge your brain to think back of like, I'm a kid. Where was I learning this? And go back to when you're seven, eight, 10 years old. Where was I learning this? Where was I picking this up? Who was it from? Because a lot of times these get reinforced along the way. It's like we have some early trigger events and then it gets reinforced as we get older. That's what we want to start to look for. You could even start sooner and work your way backwards. And you could say, okay, in the last year, where has this come up? Where have I seen this? Where has this been self-imposed versus external? Because all of our thoughts and beliefs first came from somebody else. We don't need to blame them. We don't need to shame them. We want to have compassion for ourselves and for the other people and just recognize that a lot of times they were doing the best that they could. They were doing what they thought was right or what they thought was helpful. They were training you up in a way that they thought was best. But it doesn't mean that it always was. A lot of people had really good intentions with this idea of clean your plate. And really, it's just misplaced gratitude. It means that you need to finish all your food in order to prove and show that you value this food in order to show that you are grateful for it. That's all. And it also likely came from some real food scarcity. If you had parents, grandparents, great-grandparents who grew up during a war, famine, Great Depression, hyperinflation, any kind of big national traumatic event like that, of course, they're just trying to keep you safe. That's their habit brain, trying to make sure that you eat your food because you don't know when you're going to eat next. That's often where that came from, even though that likely hasn't been the case for years and years or decades and decades. You still likely have this thought. Or if you have seen other people who didn't have enough to eat. So you could often feel like, 
I've seen all these other people who couldn't eat. So I need to make sure that I eat because I'm so grateful. I'm so lucky to have it. I better make sure that I eat this. And it can come from this place like maybe it'll go away if I don't eat it all now. And again, this misplaced gratitude of we have to eat it. So that all plays a role in the food aspect of how it can be hard to let go of the leftovers, why we find ourselves eating after our kids. This is where we want to normalize the situation. We can normalize those thoughts and we can have compassion. This is going to give you power now to start to look for the patterns, to see where this is coming up, to notice what's really going on. And we can start to change the conversation and redirect our thoughts. So I might have a thought of anytime I want to do something that is just for me, that I want to do and not something that directly benefits Caleb, well, that's selfish. Might have thoughts around that. We can start to challenge and just question, like, what if that wasn't true? From a safe, curious, compassionate place, not antagonistic, but just like, okay, let's say that wasn't true. Then what? What else might be going on? And we can really look at where did I pick that up? Who did I learn that from? What if doing something just for me wasn't selfish? And what? Then how would I be feeling? Because that's how we're really going to be able to change the actions and change how we show up and how we operate in the world. This is how we pursue goals and feel good about it. Because you might have a goal to run a marathon, but if you feel selfish every time you go out for a run, it's going to be really hard to prioritize those runs. Same thing, if you have a goal to lose weight and you feel like you have to sacrifice your kids if other people are suffering so that you can have this goal, the moment you hit your goal weight, or maybe not even then, but let's say you hit your goal weight, now, of course, if other people had to sacrifice for you to get there, there's no way you're going to keep doing what it took to get there and you will gain the weight back. If other people had to sacrifice so that you could go to the gym, you're not going to keep going to the gym. If other people had to sacrifice so that you could eat healthy, you're not going to keep eating healthy. You really just want to look at how this is playing into hitting goals as well as maintaining those. This is a place where we can start to question. We can have compassion for ourselves. We can change the conversation. And we can start to look at how do I want to show up? How do I want to do things moving forward? What might this look like if that weren't true? We really want to give ourselves permission. And this is the bulk of it, is permission. And really giving yourself permission to do it differently. Permission to do things differently than your parents did or your grandparents. Permission to do it differently than your in-laws. Permission to do things differently than what other people think that you should or they expect. So we want to look at how can you give yourself permission to take a break, to take a nap, to take a bath or a relaxing shower, take a break by spending time with friends or time not being productive. We get so wrapped up in being hyper-productive and hyper-efficient that we don't know how to live in a calm and peaceful way. We are not robots, though. (laughs) We are not robots. We can't work 24-7. That's not realistic. And to think that you should only sleep four hours just because You know, Joe Bob over here at the office only sleeps for four hours a night. Like, that's ridiculous. You've got to listen to your own body. So giving yourself time for a break, even when there's still things to be done, even when there are to-dos left, just recognizing how to maintain this balance that's going to keep you there and keep you going day after day, week after week, month after month. And this leads into like permission to spend time on your goals, right? To carve out specific time for you instead of getting whatever's left over. So time for yourself might look like time to exercise, to eat a meal sitting down, to enjoy a hobby, to relax. And the thing here is that prioritizing self-care every day, even if it's only 10 minutes, like it doesn't matter if it's an hour or 10 minutes, having time every day for yourself 
means that you are going to be 90% less likely to emotionally eat at the end of the night. Because so often our nighttime eating is done to either relax or to create a little me time. So what we want to learn how to do is how do I relax throughout the day? How do I create a little me time throughout the day? How do I manage my thoughts so that I don't feel so stressed with what's going on? This is where we can control things. If you are feeling extra stressed, it's because of how you are thinking about things. Life is just a bunch of circumstances. How we think about those is what's going to be creating the feelings of stress. And sometimes stress, we learn, can be very useful and productive for us. But sometimes it's not healthy. Sometimes it's not useful. So we want to really look at where we can give ourselves time and not feel guilty. Don't go and get a pedicure or a massage or spend time watching a show and the whole time you're like, I really should be doing this. Maybe I should make a list of to-dos. I really should be doing these things over here. I feel so bad or I feel so guilty. You know, we get so wrapped up. We don't even enjoy our time. So don't do that. (laughs) And again, this takes some like mental fortitude. It takes some like mental ninja skills to really know how to, to allow that desire and that maybe antsiness of like should be doing something more. I should be doing this and really giving yourself that space and that permission to calmly take that break to calmly enjoy exercising, to take time for that hobby. And the more time you spend truly relaxing and enjoying your life, creating that me time, the happier and more satisfied you'll be, which means that you won't be looking to find that joy, happiness, comfort, or satisfaction in food. We're not going to be looking for it at the bottom of a bottle of wine. We're not going to be looking for it at the bottom of a bag of Cheetos. Don't Feel guilty and beat yourself up for taking time for yourself. Look at how you can strategically put it into your day, like plan it, put it in the schedule. And this might even start with like taking a lunch break. This could be as simple as like carving out 30 minutes for lunch or maybe once or twice a month saying, hey, for lunch, I'm going to go out with a friend. I'm going to like go, I'm going to leave the office and I'm going to go have lunch with somebody. This might look like giving yourself specific time during the day to scroll social media or to watch a show. Like it doesn't have to be stuff that's relegated to the end of the night. Give yourself permission to have that time and to enjoy it. The other piece and the other aspect here of time is like giving yourself time with others. So date nights with your spouse, a mom's night out, or time with your friends, even if it requires hiring a babysitter or spending money on something that only you will enjoy, that's okay. Just because you're the only one who enjoys this particular activity or food or drink doesn't make it selfish. Okay, so again, like going back into what are our thoughts about selfishness, our fears about it, and really taking an honest look and questioning that whenever your brain wants to tell you that you're being selfish because you want to eat this or you want to spend money on this and it's something like for you, reminding yourself that this is an okay thing to do. And so it goes back to, again, like redirecting our brain. Old shitty can come in and we want to redirect it. It's like you're playing a game of ping pong. That ball comes flying over and you just hit it back. Okay, we don't have to get, it's normal that we might still feel selfish. It's normal that these old thoughts and beliefs are going to come up because if you've had them for years or decades, they're going to come up again. It's okay. (laughs) We just want to learn how to handle them differently. We want to give ourselves permission to have compassion and curiosity for ourselves. Permission to say no to things that you don't truly want to do. Permission to stop people-pleasing. Okay, and I totally get it. These are much easier said than done. They take practice. And it doesn't mean that all of a sudden you do like 180 and you never do these things again. (laughs) It's just, no, we'll say yes to things. And then we realize later, 
oh, actually, I wanted to say no, and I didn't. And really dig into, okay, why didn't I? What was holding me back? What was I afraid of? If it was safe to say no, even now, would I say no? Like permission to change your mind, permission to start things and then decide this is not the direction I want to go in, permission to take up a new hobby, permission to do things that only benefit you, permission to put your wants and not just your needs first at times, that it doesn't just have to be what you need in life, that it is okay to have some of the things that you want, whether it's a purse or shoes or a candle or food right? Like making sure that you are planning food that you truly enjoy. Planning food because you want it, not because you need it, okay? Because nobody needs ice cream. Nobody needs wine or a cocktail. Nobody needs most things. That's okay. It's all okay. And it's a good thing to have the things that you want. There's nothing wrong with that. And permission to spend money on yourself. I'm going to spend a little time on this topic because this is something that we can get really caught up in. And Our thoughts and beliefs about money, I think, are really fascinating. This is an area where I've done quite a bit of work on myself and just my own thoughts about money. It's been very interesting. And so it's important that we start to recognize it's okay to spend money on myself or to spend money on things that I will enjoy. I will also say that my personal opinion is that it's especially important that we spend money on our mental health. Money spent on being less angry, less irritable, to yell at your kids less. To have less negative self-talk, less emotional eating, less shame and judgment for your size, shape, or weight. This is an important place where I feel like is worth spending money is on our mental health. But so often we don't consider the lifetime value of what we're doing, nor do we look at how spending on ourselves will actually impact our families in very positive and very amazing ways. So how to stop overeating and therefore stop wasting food and wasting money on food because you are overfeeding your body. Right? Or learning how to feel less stressed out at work and not bringing that work home with you. How to stop yelling at your kids or your spouse. Taking your marriage from disaster and on the brink of divorce to a thriving, healthy relationship. When we look at what is happening over the lifetime, what are you gaining long term? Start to put it into perspective. So I did the breakdown of how much I spent. I spent like $40 on a purse. I think it was like five or six years ago. And when I did the math, it came out to like two cents a day that it cost me to carry this purse. Okay, so I'm like, oh my gosh, totally worth it, (laughs) right? Now, again, we can do that same thing when it comes to things around our mental health, when it comes to things like feeling better about ourselves, feeling better about our bodies, feeling more in control around food, feeling more peace and calm and ease with our kids. We so often look at the cost of like, was it costing me in the next six weeks or six months or a year? Rather than what do I gain for the rest of my life? What do I gain over the next 60 years? And now let's do the math on that because that's going to look vastly different. So we can start to really question, like, what is it really costing you to not take action on your dreams, to not love your body, to not feel better about your life? I did the math also on my protein bar expense because I used to overeat and emotionally eat protein bars every day. I ate at least two, if not three. And it wasn't just protein bars that I was eating either. It was protein bars plus I'd also be eating extra snacks like chocolate, ice cream, popcorn, jerky, like all the things. Okay, so let's say I spent about $10 per day. Protein bars on average are like $3 each. So two every night, roughly, that's six bucks. I'm adding in an extra four because there was always extra food. Okay, so if I'm overeating and emotionally eating by $10 a day, 
That's around $300 a month or $3,500 per year. So now if I look at $3,500 per year, over 10 years, that's $35,000. Over 30 years, that's $105,000. Now, I did this work when I was in my 30s. So, Lord willing, have more like 60 years left of not binging and not emotionally eating, which means it's more like $200,000. Not eating the extra snacks, popcorn, ice cream, chocolate, protein bars at the end of the night because I didn't know how to feel and allow my feelings. $200,000 is like lifetime value. Now, if we start to look at what it might be to work with a counselor, a therapist, a coach, we might think that it's expensive. I don't have the money. And I've heard this at all different price points, everywhere from $40 a month up to $4,000 a month. It doesn't matter what that price is. Our brain typically will automatically go to, that's too expensive. I don't have the money for that. But let's just play with the math here for a second. Okay, so let's say it costs $10,000 to work with a coach for one year, and she'd help you stop overeating and bitching every night. Okay, $10,000 to me is a lot of money. Like I see that and I'm like, I picked that number specifically because I was like, yeah, that would cause me to pause because I'd be like, yeah, that's a lot of money. That's the cost of a small, simple car. <laughs> and to spend something like that, take that amount and to spend it on something that only benefits me, ooh, that starts to trigger and tap on that selfish button of like, are you sure you're allowed to? Are you sure that's okay? But really getting honest around, okay, let's say I achieved this goal though and I spent $10,000 to do something that would save me $200,000. So often we get caught up in that short-term, quote, loss of money that we don't stop to think about what we're truly missing out on. Missing out on feeling at peace with food, missing out on feeling comfortable in your body, missing out on feeling in control in any food situation when you are in the holidays, going out to eat at a restaurant, traveling, missing out on being able to take a day off from exercise and not feel terrible about yourself. Missing out on not knowing how to stop overeating and emotionally eating. When I really start to think about the things that I work with women around, and <laughs> I will say it doesn't cost $10,000 to work with me. But when I think of like what I do and the value that I create, I'm always looking at how do I create 10 times the value that someone is paying me? Because this is how we want to look at it. It's not just oh, this is what I'm doing right here and now, but it's what does this look like over the next 10, 20, 30, 40 years? Imagine not having fear every summer when it's bathing suit season or not having to run away from the camera at family gatherings because you hate the way you look in photos or you're so nervous of looking at yourself later because you know that there's gonna be some that are not gonna be flattering or not being obsessed about what you can and can't eat, especially when you go on vacation or you're out at potluck or it's the holidays. Imagine not having to worry about how much you have to exercise. Imagine not having to count carbs, macros, calories, points. Imagine feeling in control around every food that you bring into your house and there's no temptation or fear of binging. There's intrinsic value that comes from investing in our emotional well-being, not just the money we save at the grocery store. Because you feeling out of control around food and hating your body and wrestling with constant self-criticism is a problem worth solving. One of my coach friends, Jennifer Meyer, you can find her at considerjennifer.com. She helps parents cope with their own emotions about raising special needs children. She helps parents work through fear, anger, resistance, sadness, grief, dread, uncertainty, 
all the other emotions that come when you get a diagnosis. And she helps you create a newfound hope and joy and peace and contentment and confidence in not just you as the parent, but in your child, that they can have a happy, fulfilling, wonderful life. Working with her isn't just about you. It's not just about learning how to handle your anger or your sadness or your disappointment. It impacts your children and your spouse and every other family member that you come into contact with. What is that worth to you? If you or your child needed cancer treatment and it cost $10,000, most of us would figure out a way to come up with the money because it's life-saving. It's life-changing. And we know that we could figure that out. May not always feel pretty, but we would do it. Yet we don't treat our mental health that same way, especially as women, especially as moms. And I'm about to ruffle some feathers here. I'm just going to warn you right now, okay, because prayer is great. Let's absolutely pray for wisdom and discernment and guidance and patience and all the things that we lack 100%. And let's also find tools that will help us with the day in and day out of living a better life, okay? Because God is not just going to sprinkle patience on me but he will give me an opportunity to learn tools that will help me to become intentionally more patient with myself, patient with my son, patient with my husband. So I'm sure we've all heard the story of the stud and there was a man up on the roof and he was praying for God, deliver me from this storm. Please send me a way out. Please deliver me. And God sent a raft and the guy was like, no, 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 I'm fine. It's okay. God's going to save me. And then there was a man who showed up in a rowboat. And the man on the roof was like, no, 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 it's fine. God is going to save me. Don't worry. You go on. And then there's a speedboat that comes along. And the man on the roof is like, no, it's fine. God's going to save me. He's going to save me. You're good. Keep going. And then a helicopter comes. So eventually the man gets up to heaven and he asks God, why didn't you save me? I thought you were going to save me. (laughs) And God's like, dude, I sent you a raft, a rowboat, a speedboat, and then a helicopter. And you did not get in them. (laughs) How often are we doing that? Are you willing to get in the boat? Are you willing to pay for a seat on the boat to learn how to live your life better, fuller, with more passion, with more purpose, with more joy, with less negativity, with less anger, with less self-loathing? Or are you waiting for God like he's a genie in a bottle that will magically make you stop yelling at your kids or stop overeating or stop feeling self-conscious? That is not going to happen. That is not how the bulk of us work. We need help. And that's why God invented life coaches. (laughs) Because... We want to learn how to help ourselves. So find a coach, find a therapist, find a mentor, find a counselor, find somebody who can help you do this life better. Okay, and don't be afraid and unwilling to pay for it. It's okay. And again, when we look at the long-term lifetime value of what we're doing, it's huge. There is so much intrinsic value in feeling at peace and comfortable with who you are. There's so much value to not feeling so stressed and worried and anxious about your financial situation or about your kids and how they're going to live and how they're going to survive if something were to happen to you. There's so much value in having a thriving marriage where you feel connected and intimate and in a very deeply connected and loving relationship. We don't always just have to change our circumstance in order to create the results that we want. Sometimes we have to change how we're thinking and feeling about them. And it takes practice. It takes time. And this is why I believe so much in coaching. But I also believe that therapists, counselors, that there are other people who do great work in this area as well. So my whole point here is 
invest in your mental health. That is going to get you much farther than you think. Another side note here that I'm going to add in about money is that my husband and I long ago started delegating spending money. And I think this was actually more Zach's idea than it was mine. But I was like, oh, this is brilliant. (laughs) For many years now, have each had our own spending money. And that has been really helpful because he gets to buy things that he wants and that are important to him. And I get to buy things that I want and that are important to me. And we also have had to update that so that Caleb gets spending money so that we can buy him pool floaties or new clothes and shoes as these different seasons go on. There's a stipend for babysitter money. It was easy, especially in the beginning, for that to come out of my spending money. And for a while, it did. And so really looking at how we can redistribute the family and the household budget to make sure that he has his own spending money. Even though it might be me that's spending it, I'm spending things that he specifically needs and making sure that he has it ahead of time, right? So like I've already bought a bunch of winter stuff for him because I know the stuff from last year, not going to (laughs) fit. And this allows us to then buy what we want, not just what we need. This is the other thing is giving yourself that permission, allowing and earmarking money as like, this is fun money. This is play money. This is what we go out and have date night with, or this is what I will buy new shoes with, or this is when After five years of using the same ratty old purse, I finally decided to upgrade and I buy another purse, which, thank you, Target, was only $30. So this is how we can start to let go of some of that shame about like, we don't need it. I probably shouldn't. I should be able to figure this out on my own. Oh, that's the other thing I'm going to say. And I know I'm kind of been around here, but this idea of like what to do, but I'm not doing it. I should be able to figure it out on my own. If you're not getting the results that you want, find somebody who can help you get those results. Okay, it does not matter what area of life it is, whether it's in your marriage, your business, your job or your career, with your kids, with your health, find somebody who can help you do it because just more information is not what you need. What you actually need is how to figure out how to make it work for you, how to figure out the self-sabotage, the procrastination, the judgment, the shame, the emotional stuff. That's when we really figure this out because just knowing what to do doesn't mean that you'll actually do it. The information gives us the action that we are supposed to take or the action we think we need to take. Many of us underestimate how much action we need to take, the time that we need to to take that action. So we very quickly lose the thoughts and the emotions that drive us to take that action consistently. That's why you want to coach. That's why it's important to be investing in your mental wellness. That's why it's okay to have some help. It is very hard to see the forest through the trees. It is so helpful to have somebody outside of you to give you that perspective, to give you new ideas, to show you how to redirect your thoughts, to ask you some better questions, and quite honestly, to ask the hard questions that sometimes we don't even think to ask, to really help us unwind old habits, to implement new habits, and to do it in a way where we can continue to take action and do it consistently. But that's what we want to focus on is what is the lifetime value that I get from doing this work? Maybe this starts with a book. Maybe this starts with a course. Maybe this starts with a group program. You can find all kinds of ways to meet your needs. But get help. If you need help being consistent, if you need help following through, there is nothing wrong with you. You likely are simply biting off more than you can chew. Action steps are too big. You're trying to do too much, too big, all at once. And that's what a coach is going to help you do is to streamline it and take it down to where it does feel actionable and doable and you can be consistent with it. 
So that's my spiel. <laughs> on time and money, I think those are the biggest things. And this this is often the trade-off, right? Like we can pay with time or we can pay with money. And we can get really hung up on these things. And we just have to recognize that this will always be the trade-off in life. So there are going to be some weeks where I want to pay with time and I'm going to clean my own house. And there are going to be some weeks when I want to pay with money and I will pay somebody to clean my house. It's like one is not right or wrong. It's not better or worse than the other. We just want to look at what is that trade-off that you're making? And ultimately, we want to look at, do we like our reasons? Do you like your reasons for what you're saying yes and no to in life? Do you like your reasons for giving yourself the leftovers? Do you like your reasons for carving out time for yourself or carving out and making yourself specific food or giving yourself a budget for specific hobbies or to buy healthier food so that you're not eating mac and cheese and hot dogs every night just because that's what your kids will eat? <laughs> if you, this is something that you would like help with, if you really want to learn how to let go of the leftovers, to prioritize yourself in a way that feels healthy and doable for you, for your family, for your budget, for your lifestyle, then I would love to chat. So you can schedule your free consult at www.bodyyoucrave.com forward slash schedule. And you'll find a day and time on my calendar that works for you. And we'll spend about an hour really just diving into where you are now, where you want to be in six to 12 months, and I'll help you figure out what's really standing in your way. Because I guarantee it is not another list of eat this, not that. It is not how much you are exercising. It is not even likely going to be the specific foods that you are eating. It's more of understanding why we're not taking action, why we're not following through and doing the things that we know to be doing. This is what's going to make all the difference. This is where we want to be investing and not just money-wise, but time and energy into becoming the type of person that you ultimately want to be, that you can create the life and the body that you truly crave. That's what I'm going to help you do. And I'll help you create that framework and that path on this call so that no matter what happens, you walk away knowing exactly what your action steps need to be moving forward. All right, y'all. This wraps up our two-week series on how to let go of the leftovers. I can't wait to chat with you. The rest of this year, I've got some more good stuff coming up. We are going to be moving into the holidays soon. And next week, I'll be talking about fourth quarter comebacks because it's very easy to look at the year and to feel like I hit my goal or I still have so far to go or be really hesitant and uncertain to feel discouraged. And really, we want to use this as time to go after it to not hold back, to not wait for the new year, but to know that we can still hit our goals and have fun and have the life that we want throughout the rest of this year. So that's what we'll be talking about next week. All right, have a great one, guys. Here's to creating the life and body you crave. If you like this episode, then you'll love my free virtual workshop, Five Keys to End Emotional Eating and Lose Excess Weight for Life. You'll learn the counterintuitive reason why all your attempts to restrict food over the years has actually led to weight gain and the mental switch you need to flick that'll have you dropping pounds without sacrificing wine, carbs, or the food you love. Get all the details at bodyyoucrave.com.